All right, everybody, we got a good one on top five tonight. We're listing our favorite albums from 1985, baby. Welcome to Top Five with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Paul? Co starring Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top Five. I'm your host, Joey Casada. And I am his co host, Paulie Shore. El Buddy. <laughs> what the hell ever happened to Paulie Shore? Famous actor. Is he, is he around? Is he alive? I don't know. But he was back then. Jesus Christ. I haven't heard that name probably since 1985. <laughs> What's happening, Ern? I'm the weasel. Was that, was, was that right? Was that... I don't remember. What? What else did he, what did he even do? I know he was on MTV a lot. What did he even do? Uh, so I think spring, spring break was a big thing with him. Spring break, what meaning? What like on MTV? Yeah, I don't remember. No, that was a that was a great show. I don't remember. Was it just like like a party on the beach, right? And they would play videos, and people with bands would play and stuff. Yeah, well, it was they. It was cameras at spring break, and they were just recording everything and you know, putting it on TV. That's the stuff they should be putting back on MTV. That's always fun, you know, especially if it's live. Obviously, maybe it wasn't live, but still. All the reality shows now it was are ridiculous. Live. It was live. It was live. It was live? One of my favorite shows ever. Yeah, I mean, MT uh, listen, MTV changed everything as we know it. It really did. It changed pop culture. It changed, especially, you know, the year we're talking about today, 1985. What a big year for MTV. It just, it's, that's where it really not only started to change everything, but it started to take over, I think, too, right? Yeah. 85 was a big year for MTV. Absolutely. You know what, what's funny, too, when you were, so when we were talking about today's subject, you know, we've been doing years periodically. When we came up at night, when you emailed me and said, uh, let's do 1985 today, I was like, great, 1985, I'm all about it. Um, I didn't realize 1985 really wasn't that good. It was terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, there's a couple great albums that I love, but in general, I'm expecting a lot of stuff not as much as I would have thought. I mean, we've done 83, 84, 86, 87, and I've had a long list for every one of those. Yep. This time. I barely got five today. It's just a crappy year. I don't know what, what, what happened it, right in the middle. Was it just like a lull? Like, there's so many good things in 84 and 86 that they didn't have all those artists in those two years didn't have time in 85, I guess. Maybe they planned it that way. Maybe they were all busy. Because <laughs> when I think of the 80s, I always think of, for, for me, always in, just in general, even being like the age that I was, 86, 87, 88. Those are my three favorite years growing up, not only just socially as a kid, still in grammar school. I think that was sixth, seventh, and eighth grade for me. And, you know, music, 
uh, all the albums, all the bands, everything that influenced me in my life for about those three years. It was a good time. I was a little bit older, so um, alcohol had made a quite appearance at that time. <laughs> I didn't get into alcohol yet. A little, maybe, well, 87, maybe a tiny bit, but not 85, definitely not. I think 85 was my uh, my introduction. Oh, Jesus. So you're... The doctor, the doctor the... Was, my, was my introduction. I can't imagine how that could have happened. He doesn't drink, does he? Uh, so how many albums do you think we're going to have in common? <laughs> I'm going to guess at least... I'm going to guess only one. What do you think? I'm also going to say one, maybe two. Definitely one, though. <laughs> I say definitely one and maybe two also. Speaking of the doctors, the doctor's not here tonight, obviously. It's back to the originals, me and Ern. You sent me an, a hysterical clip from Seinfeld a couple weeks ago to kind of, it really summed up our show and our podcast, how we began. Uh, we're approaching our 100th episode. This is episode 97, if you can believe it. And it really, the clip from Seinfeld summed up how we began our relationship together and then the doctor joining the show. I'm going to play that clip right now for everyone to see. So I said, uh, hey, dude, you better step off. Step off? Yeah. You said step off? Wow. <laughs> that, that is too much. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, uh, Tony. Cool. So uh, what do you say we climb a rock manana? Yeah. Manana. Uh, manana might might be a problem. I'm I'm supposed to uh, have a boil lanced manana. <laughs> you know, I, I think they charge me if I cancel with only one manana's notice. Uh, hey, Kramer. Hey. 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 Kramer, my man. What are you doing, manana? Manana, I'm doing nada. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, you scale some rock with me and George. Uh, Tony, it's gonna be too many sandwiches. Come on, Kramer. What do you say? <laughs> Kramer, it's. Uh, Pretty dangerous up there. No, I'm down. Yes! Yeah! yeah. I'll see you. All right, buddy. Take it easy, Kramer. You down, George? What's what's wrong? Oh, no, I, I am down. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so, obviously, I guess I'm Tony, right? You're yeah. George? Um, what do you think? <laughs> and the doctor is Kramer coming in and crashing George's party. Um, I didn't find it. Uh, one of my children actually was watching Seinfeld and says, "Dad, this is this is you guys." <laughs> <laughs> they that's incredible. The, when George says, I, uh, uh, "Kramer, Kramer, I don't think Tony, I don't think there's gonna be enough sandwiches." I don't want to get. <laughs> <That's you. laughs> Doctor, I don't think we have enough drinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, not enough drinks. All right, then, Ernie, you got to. He would just tell you to stay home then. He's not missing out. You know that. What a I played it for my wife. She was crying, laughing. She couldn't believe it either. Great stuff. Uh, so we also just passed the year anniversary of the vomit incident. Uh, I I had, I broke down and I had Ernie and his lovely family back to my house 
even though I swore I'd never do it again. They came back. But this time, I didn't feed Ernie. Ernie fed us. What'd I make you do, Ernie? What, uh, Brooklyn Chinese food. Great place in Brooklyn. We used to always eat uh, China New Star on Flatbush Avenue. I told Ernie, I'm not responsible for any vomit, any sickness, nothing. I, I'll, I'll give you a little money towards it, but you got you to gotta bring the food. So uh, Ernie brought the food, and it was delicious. No, no, no vomit incidences. Uh, we had Big Head Billy join us as well. It was a great day. Good to see everybody. <laughs> All right. So, again, we're approaching episode 100. This is episode 97. We're going to have a fun episode for episode 100 in a couple weeks away. But let's dive in to the best albums of 1985. What do you got, Aaron? What do you got at number five here? Uh, okay. Well, with this guy who made this album, is one of the hard hitters of the 80s. But this ge next generation has totally forgotten about this guy. He's like, his, his star just burned out so quickly. Um, number five for me, No Jacket Required by Phil Collins. You know what? You're right. Whenever um, the kids will talk about what they feel the 80s are all about, Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna, George Michael, Whitney Houston, this guy was, for a small period of time, as big as all of those guys. You're so right. When I saw that this album was, it, it didn't make my list, but when I saw this album uh, was on this list, I almost, I didn't have the same thought process as you had, but I really was thinking along the same lines, like wonder why we don't hear a lot about Phil Collins and his music. And you don't hear, he's not revered in the same way that Sting is revered or people like that, that were just as popular around then. I wonder why, Aaron, why do you think that is? I think his songs were oh, as great and as likable they were. They didn't have originality. I think they sounded like pretty much anybody else's uh, adult contemporary. Even our parents could like a, most of the songs. I guess. But do you think that's why they didn't stand the test of time? Because in the air tonight and Susudio and what's on with no jacket? Well, there's one more night. Um, uh, take me home. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't lose my number. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you smoking uh, again? Oh, that's incredible. Oh. But you're right. Yeah. He's he's never talked about. I don't even know if kids today know who he is, but good pick. Good pick. All right. He didn't look like an 80s musician either. 
He looked well, like an 80 position Spalder. Is what and like. I agree with that, but that didn't hurt his popularity in the 80s. It's hurting him now. Did, if anything, how did he become so popular then? You know what I mean? But no staying power. Crazy. You're so right. I mean, obviously, we know him from Genesis 2 and all that, but you're right. The, the Phil Collins, he was massive in the 80s and then just died out and really didn't stand the test of time. It's crazy. All right. I'm going to start. Now, this album, just because I really have a short list, I love this record when I was a kid. I don't think it stands the test of time. Not only the record, but the band for me. It's one of those bands that didn't hold up through the years. Most bands from the 80s, especially because everyone, listen, everyone knows I'm a like, hair metal guy and I like all that commercial hard rock stuff and pop music and that that's what i like but can i you gonna guess can i guess sure kiss you son of a bitch <laughs> no kiss definitely stands the test of time you know they're the greatest ever unbelievable no this band for i don't know for some reason i love them back then they were one of the biggest bands back then but something about their songs, the production on their records, um, just everything about them doesn't sit as, as strong with me anymore, and that's Dokken. Uh, the record is under lock and key. Love the record growing up. Still like some of the songs on it, even most of the songs, but it doesn't hold up to a lot of the other stuff from that period. And I remember loving Dokken, you know, as much as I loved anyone back then, you know, the Bon Jovis and the Cinderella's and, you know, all that stuff. Dokken, for some reason, doesn't hold up. And I know George Lynch is, you know, thought of as a guitar god. And I don't even love his guitar playing or his tone on these records. Never mind Don Dokken. And the other guys, what do, what do you think of this pick, Ern? I think the songs are likable, but they sound like they could have been played by anybody. Any, any. Uh, there's a lot of groups besides Dokken that were out at this time, and Dokken songs count, sound like almost like, like, uh, how to describe it, like how a, uh, an AI group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if like the Dokken songs are good. I would almost rather hear other bands play them. Like Don's I voice think, is good, but it's not fantastic. Everyone, nothing is, everything is just middle of the road. I feel like. I think the only reason they got so popular is uh, they just got lucky. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, that's one song that does hold up. I really still love that song. But in, I mean, stuff like in my dreams. I remember I played with one of my first bands. Uh, one of my first bands was called Menace. We used to play in my dreams all the time. Uh, 
by the way, I've been searching for a member of Menace for many years. Can't find him on social media. Can't find him anywhere. Ray Connolly. If anyone knows him or has heard from him, he used to live in Brooklyn. Um, he lived down the block from my friend James Myers on Coleman Street, I believe. And we, he was in my, one of my very first bands together. My very first show I ever played was with him. Completely out of touch with him for the last 35, 40 years. Can't find him at all. Anyone knows where Ray Connolly is, tell him I'm looking for him. All right. What do you got, Ernie? Number four. You're going to hate this one. Uh -oh. um, king of Rock by Run DMC. I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucker MCs should call me sire. To burn my kingdom, you must choose fire. I won't stop rocking till I retire. Now we rock up parties. It come correct. All cuts are on time. And rhymes connect. Got the right to vote. And we'll elect. And other rappers can't stand us. But give us respect. This album rocks. <laughs> I know it's under the wrap, so you think it can't rock, but this album rocks. This was mandatory listening when um the guys from the block, we used to do a pre-game drinking on the weekend in a place called Nostrum Park. Because we were so young at this time, if we go bring our beers to the park, the bigger kids would take away our beers and drink them. <laughs> we used to actually go to a, a smaller park and drink there first. And we always had the King of Rock album. All the Run DMC albums. What's the what's on King of Rock? Uh King of Rock. I'm the King of Rock. There is none higher. Right, of course. Uh, so sucker MC should call me sire to destroy my kingdom. You gotta use fire. I won't stop rock until I retire. <laughs> it's not that I hate rap. It's just especially back then, it was just against everything that I was I loved. So I never could get into it. I never gave it a chance. I understand why people like it. I get it. I just, it's just not for me. And I, I really do like just about every genre of music. I love, to me, mu there's no genres. It's just good music and bad music. Rap to me, the problem with rap is mel there's no melody. Melody to me is music. Melody and groove, melody and groove. And without one of those, to me, you lose half of what music is for, for me anyway. Okay. All right. My number four. Now, this to me is a grossly underrated album. Everyone talks about the next two records after this, which are obvious monster, monster diamond albums by Bon Jovi. But the 1984 record, 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. That's when I got in touch with say again oh 85 yes that's what i meant 1985 record 7800 degrees fahrenheit
that's when I got into Bon Jovi. I didn't know Bon Jovi necessarily from Runaway. I got into Bon Jovi, and we did the episode on U68. I used to hear, you know, I used to watch In and Out of Love and Silent Night, those videos, Only Lonely. That's a great underrated record. It's so, there's so, Silent Night is an incredible, incredible song. It just, I mean, I know they didn't hit big, big yet, but they were starting to break. And obviously, Slippery When Wet comes out and they, they become the biggest band in the world. But if you go back and listen to 7800 Degrees Fahrenheit, you hear the beginnings of magic that, you know, later developed even more refined on Slippery. And Out of Love was on Seaside Heights. Yep, that that's where they filmed it, yeah. You like this record, Ern? No. I, I mean, I like the three songs that you mentioned, but as right. an album, no. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, it's not a full, you know, every song is not great, but there's, there's a lot of good songs on that record. All right, what do you got? Number three. I wonder if this is going to be a surprise. Around the World in a Day by Prince. on I this think, one, Ern? Uh, Raspberry Beret. Oh, I for, I didn't forgot about this record. I missed this. What else? Up Life. Oh, Jesus. I love these songs. Uh, America and Paisley Park. Which oh, I don't my know God. I got to tell you, uh, um, you know how I feel about Prince, so I think you, maybe you're surprised that it wouldn't be higher up. But I'm surprised that it's actually not lower because this is this album is not good, Prince. The but, songs that I said are good, but the right. non-hits is the worst filler <laughs> to put on an album. Matter of fact, I think I would put this as the bottom of 80s Prince albums. How many 80s Prince albums are there? A lot, right? And I, I love mean, them all. The problem with me with Prince is, obviously, you got me I hate to admit it. You got me into Prince. And I know mostly Prince from all the mixes you've given me over the years. So it's always hard for me to remember the records. I remember, obviously, Purple Rain. I remember 1999. 
I remember Sign of the Times. I remember what's on those three records. For some reason, all the other records kind of blend together for me. And I never remember titles of the records. I never remember what's on what record. So it's, it's, I never really think of a Prince record. I always think of the mixes you've given me over the years and, and the three big albums that I named. But that is the problem, I think, with Prince in general, even especially later on when he moved away from the record labels. When he just started, there was no, when there was no record label to filter what he was releasing, there's such a thing as releasing too much uh, and not good music, and it becomes watered down. Prince's great stuff is, is as good as any artist in the world ever, but he has a lot of filler. This album is a perfect example, but those three albums that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, they, they are perfect oh, all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, as I said, 80s Prince albums, I think, are all incredible, but this one might rank at the bottom because yeah. except, for, except for those four hits, those four songs... I don't really like the other Prince songs. It's hard for me to admit that. <laughs> but it's funny, like those. But those four songs are so incredible. It would it would make any album great. So I'll take four great songs on any record. If you can get four great songs, really, like those songs are incredible. Raspberry Beret is uh, is is oh. is incredible. I mean, I know it's I know it's overplayed, but it's it's an incredible song. And Pop Life is something that's underrated too. Pop, yeah. <laughs> All right, great stuff. Uh, oh, speaking of stuff, my next pick, number three, one of my favorite bands of all time. I think I've spoken about them many times on this uh, on the show. Maybe I haven't. I feel maybe I haven't. Underrated band. The first three records, which is really the only three that I count, are back to front, really almost perfect records for me. They, every song on them is a great song. There's not a filler track on the first three records, and that's by the band Autograph. Always loved the band Autograph. The album from 1985 is their second record. That's the stuff. And actually, growing up, that was my favorite record. 
I went back and really fell more in love with the first record, uh, Sign In Please. That's the one with the big hit, obviously, Turn Up the Radio. But that record has so many incredible songs. Um, Cloud 10 and Send Her to Me is maybe my favorite autograph song, probably top 10 songs of all time. Uh, but that's the stuff was the album. It was the more commercially, you know, accessible record deep in the 80s here after uh, Turn Up the Radio. It's really the one that I got into first. And then I went back to Signing Police. So that's the stuff is incredible. It has that's the stuff. It has, uh, it has like that eruption song, Hammerhead and Changing Hands and so many just perfect 80s pop rock songs, however you want to categorize them. I know they were big hair band, but they were, you know, just an 80s pop band that looked like a hair band. You know this record, Ern? Uh, I think I might know it through you. Right. I thought you were going with another group, uh, and if you would have made me guess, I would have guessed incorrectly. I won't say it because <laughs> yeah. it's Good. coming later. <laughs> yeah, Autograph is one of those bands. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, um, Turn Up the Radio is a monster smash hit. That's it. That's all they had. And it's incredible that that's all they had because Steve Plunkett, who the singer is, um, he went on to be a big uh, sitcom uh, jingle writer, and he would write all the hits, the songs for sitcoms, and he might have wrote the Growing Pains sitcom theme. So I forget which one. He wrote a couple of those, Seventh Heaven, a couple of those sitcoms that he wrote the theme song for. And he's just an incredible, smart, poppy songwriter, hook after hook after hook after hook. And then they had the virtuoso guitar player. They had the great drummer. They had everything they needed to, to be a massive band. And I remember even the third record, I think the song was loud and clear. Ozzy's in the video. I think Ozzy and maybe Vince Neil are in the video. So the record company is pushing them like crazy. And like I think that Ozzy and Vince are in the video, like watching them on stage and bragging how great they are. And even like with that rub, something about them just didn't hit with the, with the market. They probably got their real money from the uh, sound from the shows more than anything. Yeah, yeah, that's where the gold is. Oh, the gold, baby, gold. <laughs> Come on, number two, we're moving, baby. Uh, number two. Uh, this is uh, this is the one that I think we're both going to have on our list. Um, Soldiers under command by Striper.
Uh, we, we don't agree about the greatness of Striper, but we both agree on this, the greatness of this album. Yeah. I know you like Striper a lot more than I do, but this album is all the way through. No filler. It is perfect. Even the last song, Battle Hymn of the Republic, it is a perfect record. Top A top 10 record of all time for me. Yeah, I don't think they wrote Battle Hymn, though. No, they didn't write that one. <laughs> it's a cover. But, oh my God, what an incredible record. This record had more influence on me as a drummer, probably maybe than any other record. Even, I'm going to, I'm going to maybe uh, commit blasphemy right here, but maybe even more than Kiss Records. Soldiers Under Command, Robert Sweet's drumming on that record. I've played that record. I probably played Soldiers Under Command and Kiss Alive 2 more than any record ever. Those two records I've played hundreds of times over and over again. I know every lick on every re- on both of those records. Robert's drumming on Soldiers and just throughout all of Striper's career is he's probably the most underrated drummer in rock history. He's influential. He's he's experimental. He does all these crazy stuff that nobody else does, and he just makes choices that nobody else does, and it really influenced how I play. But Song-wise on Soldiers, and I mean, I'll get into this more because you know it's going to be on my list. So, soldiers song-wise is, is impeccable. Great vocals, too. Ah, everyone on that record. Vocals, drums, guitar, bass. Perfect, perfect record. All right. Makes me want to sing the album. Oh, what a great song that is, Jesus. And the one that I always fight Chris Jericho on this. He, he hates the song Together Forever. Uh, I like that. I love it. It's poppy. It's goofy. It's fun. Um, that's what he doesn't like. He makes fun of it because he goes, you know, do up, 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 all that yeah. stuff. He makes, and I love that stuff. So we we kind of battle. We clash over heads on that one. All right, my number two. I'm going to break one of my rules, not an Ernie rule, but a Joey rule. Now, when we first t- started top five, really one of my rules is I really don't pick Kiss things because I can pick Kiss for everything that we do. Top five songs, top five this, top five, almost anything we do, I can make a Kiss list. Because everyone knows Kiss is my favorite band, songs, players, blah, blah, blah. I had such slim pickings with 1985. (laughs) I put one of my favorite all-time Kiss records, an underrated, forgotten 80s Kiss record, Kiss Asylum.
number two. Uh-huh. Oh, what a great record. Um, so many people sleep on this record. You know, they, they, they know Heaven's on Fire from the record before, and then the, this record comes out, and Tears Are Falling is it's a slight hit, and uh, All Night is a video, but nothing really breaks big from this record. But the whole record from front to back, I think, stands the test of time, maybe more than any other Kiss 80s record. I'm not saying it's my favorite 80s Kiss record, but it stands the test of time. Even the Gene songs on this record, who most people think of Gene in the 80s, checking out and he's not really doing good, not writing good songs. Go back and listen to some of the songs on this record, Secretly Cruel and Loves a Deadly Weapon and all this stuff. Phenomenal, phenomenal Kiss record. And it has my favorite Kiss 80s song on it, Who Wants to Be Lonely. Great song. Nobody. Especially you, Ernie. You like you know you like Asylum? I only know the singles. Is that under the gun on that too? No, that's that's Animal Eyes. Yeah, that, I, I know the, I know the singles. That's about I like I like that deep pull that, that deep 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 pull that you just made with Under the Gun. I like that, Ernie. Showing off your chops. Always. <laughs> All right, so right, uh, you're number one. I'm not a, sure. I'm not. I could give you a hint. Wait, I'm I'm gonna maybe guess it, but I'm gonna write it down. I don't. It's it's. I'm gonna guess two different ones, and they are completely, completely, completely different. Um, but let me recap your five first. Number five, Phil Collins. Number four, Run, DMC. Number three, Around the World in a Day, Prince. Number two, the impeccable, the fabulous Soldiers Under Command by Striper. And your number one album from 1985 is? It's a live album. Oh, that, well, I think I know it now. That's not one of the ones I was going to pick. Iron Maiden. Oh, it's not the one I was going to pick. Never mind. <laughs> Live after death, which is my introduction to Iron Maiden. I never had them. I never had one before this. I mean, this was their greatest hits album with yelling in the background. Exactly what I needed to not to not have, you know what I mean to not have any Maiden albums. Are the horses the on this record? record? Huh? 
Are the horses yeah. on this record? They But with cheering in the background, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this it couldn't have been for this group. They couldn't have released this at a, at a better time, because five gr- pretty good albums in a row, and then a perfect time for like they sh- they can't put a greatest hits album because greatest hits is almost the, is almost saying we're done, right? But to put a live album, it's like a cheating way to put greatest hits. And then the album after this was probably their worst album of the eighties. So the timing was perfect. What's after this? Somewhere in time. Somewhere in a, time. Yeah. It, it wasn't that great. Yeah. Was that eighty seven? Uh, I think eighty six. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I've said it a million times on the show. I'm not a big Maiden fan. I just don't get it. Uh, I never liked them. Didn't never really love the music. Never loved the vocals. Wasn't for me. I thought the live record you might go with when you said live was, I think Scorpions had Worldwide Live same year, right? I think so. And, and I forgot all I almost had that on my list. When I was growing up, Worldwide Live was a big, big record for me, my group of friends, big city lights and all that stuff. Love, love, love that record. But and one of those records, I don't know, I don't go back to, didn't stand the test of time. I go back to, you know, the studio records more so than that. I don't go back. I don't, can't tell you the last time I put on Worldwide Live. I think it's 85. That sounds right. And I love the Scorpions. I, I love <clears throat> I won't tell you my two guesses because they might be on our uh, honorable mentions. But I'll, I'll tell you after we pick our honorable mentions what my guess for your number one was going to be. All right, so. Let me recap my five and tell you my number one, but I think you already know what it is. Number five, Dockin' Under Lock and Key. Number four, 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit by Bon Jovi. Number three, that's the stuff, Ernie. That's the stuff, baby, by Autograph. Number two, the underrated Kiss Asylum. And my number one record from 1985. I know it's crazy to say it's not a Kiss record, but Soldiers Under Command absolutely perfect record my favorite record by one of my favorite bands gotta be up there every track i mean i'll list i'll list the tracks for you right now it's it's perfect it's we got soldiers makes me want to sing together forever first love was probably my first ballad that i absolutely loved Rock That Makes Me Want to Roll, Reach Out, Waiting for a Love That's Real is incredible, Surrender, and then Battle Him of the Republic. Um, it actually says it was released January 1st, 1985, which is crazy. Huh. Uh, just, in, just incredible. What Love, love, love this record. Glad it was on your list as well. I still, I've been talking to Michael Sweet. Uh, we're going to do a Striper episode in the near future. We've been trying to schedule it for a while. I know I mentioned it to you a while back. I even gave you some homework to do, but Michael Striper's been on the road a lot. So I, we're going to get it done. I'm trying to get, I'd love to get Michael and Robert on at the same time, um, but it's hard to get both of them at the same time. So I, I'm, I'm going to wait until we can do it perfect. Perfect. And I, what I'd love to do is I want to do a Striper uh, top five of their new songs. I, I, I know everyone knows the older stuff. I'd love to really get people introduced to the new Striper stuff. but. That'll be in the near future. Michael Sweet is coming on our show. 
It's a good possibility, Aaron. You ready for that? Oh, as I said before, I love all striper. <laughs> Save it for when they're on. They're not gonna they're not gonna go back and listen to the old episodes. Don't worry. <laughs> what do you got? Any honorable mentions? I got I got two. Invasion of your privacy. Yeah. I don't there's a couple really good songs, but the album itself I don't love. You like the whole record? It's my uh, second favorite. I don't. I never heard the EP, so it's it's after Out of the Cell. It's my next favorite Rat album. Yeah, and I, I do love. I love the Rat sound. Me too. One of my fa favorite covers too. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I love definitely love that cover as a kid. I thought it, I thought it was called Rack. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Um, Songs from the Big Chair by T.S. Revere's. I didn't know you were a fan of them, Art. Really? Yep. Uh, well, the singles. Yeah, of course. Well, the whole, the album has only eight songs, and four right. of them is Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Shout, Head oh, Over wow. Heels, uh, Mother's, oh crap, what's it, Mother's Eyes or Mother's Milk? <laughs> mother's <laughs> I don't think it's either one of those, but yeah, I don't know all their their song titles, but yeah, I get it. They were they were they were pretty big back then, obviously. But that's another band did didn't stand the test of times. You don't hear those songs that often anymore, right? Yeah, but at the time, those songs sounded great. Oh yeah, I mean, shout I, was a really weird sounding song. Yeah, I mean, I liked them as a kid. I didn't love them, I, and I loved pop music as a kid. I didn't only love rock and hard rock and metal. But I, I was, I definitely gravitated more towards all the other pop. I never was a tears, uh, tears for fears. I didn't love them. Uh, I don't know if it was the look or I don't know what it was. But I, you know, always liked Michael Jackson, Madonna, Prince, um, Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, all that stuff. Never really got into this later. What would you call this music? More new wave ish than pop? Huh. I don't know, college indie pop. Yeah, maybe whatever. Th whatever this when the, when the genre started to get into more of this stuff, I didn't like it as much. Like I even liked Wham and, and uh, Culture Club and all that stuff. The Tears for Fears and I don't know if you want to put is Depeche Mode and what else? What what else we got over there? Even some of the later Cars stuff. What else? Well, I, I happen to really like Depeche Mode, but what what I think you're suggesting is REM. REM and even U2, maybe. Yeah, I never was a big U2 guy either. That's where I, I, I got away from the poppiness a little bit. But I'll, all I'll right, like so a couple of my uh, honorable mentions. So these are the two that I had penciled in for your possible number one. We got Anthrax spreading the disease. Great record. I didn't put it on my list because I actually, I know that's maybe, I don't know which is the bigger record, but I, I got into them more for Among the Living. Uh, and then went back to spreading, so I didn't I didn't know spreading the disease as much. Medusa. Oh yes, and I I think Whitney's first record is eighty five. I thought that was going to be on your list, Ern. I, I looked at it. It you know I, what I do is I make a list of everything that Michael. I start crossing stuff out. I see Whitney crossed out on my. List. <laughs> yeah, me too. I had Whitney for a little bit, and the other record, which is a really great record the heart record from 1985. I know most, a lot of people don't like this record because it's, I guess 
what do you call it? Poppy heart or whatever. You, pop, this is like the pops heart of heart. It's not like that 70s Zeppelin type of heart. But, you know, these dreams and the wolf and uh, what about love and just great. That's just a great power pop record. I was at an age where when that album came out, I thought they were a new group. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I like that stuff way before I liked Barracuda and uh, Magic Man and all that stuff. I didn't even know that stuff. You're right. I didn't know that stuff. Yep. Ah. Uh. What I else? also see anything else. Yeah, I see some. Now we're talking about some stuff that crossed out. The John Bellencamp album "Scarecrow" was from that year, which is What's probably my one? favorite album. Um, "Small Town," "Lonely O' Night," uh, uh, "Rockin' in the USA." Yeah, another good record. But I'm just one so more- surprised. Like no one, I, no Madonna '85, no Michael Jackson '85, none of the other big really big pop acts 85 even a lot of the hair bands no 85 i mean i think come out and play by twisted sister was 85 but i didn't like that record really and i love twisted sister nothing nothing 85 was like it 80s were crazy amazing and then 85 like dips a little bit and then it's skyrockets again there's one more album crossed out it's funny you mentioned madonna uh the vision quest soundtrack Oh, and that has uh, what's the what's the, what's the Madonna song that I love? The, my favorite song, I think. Yes, that's on that. That's the only Madonna song on that, right? Uh, no, there was a song called "The Ga- Gambler." Oh, okay. but it uh, wasn't a big hit. I don't even remember Vision Quest. I gotta go. Is that about like it's like about a college wrestler or something, right? Yeah, and that's... his new roommate is a is a hot girl. It's nice. Such an original story. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's so. What do we do so far? What are the years we've done? We've done 83, 84, 85, 86, 87. I think that's it. Okay, so we've done those five. We'll finish up the 80s and then we'll move on to another decade. You know, obviously, this is a I, I would call this a semi retro type of podcast. We reminisce a lot, we pick stuff from our childhood, we pick stuff, genres, and stuff we love. and. I think we could both safely say 80s stuff was our favorite, whether it's movies, TV shows, music. So we stick with that a lot on this show. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what's next. Um, I don't know if we go backwards a little or we go 88, 89, stuff like that. But we'll, we'll figure it out. We do these periodically to kind of uh, close the gap on uh, all these years. I'd like to start doing movies from years as, as well eventually. Interesting ideas. <laughs> uh, we got plenty more up our sleeve. Don't worry. I know we've been in and out. We've been super busy. Summertime is, is, is a busy time for me. I know Ernie's been busy too. Doctors, MIA. Thank God. And <laughs> um, so we'll be back. Hopefully, we're getting back on track regularly. You can always go get our merch on Amazon.com. Just type in Joey Casada. Top five merch will come up. Wrestling with Joey Licious merch will come up. Z Rock merch will come up. The Ernie shirt, the doctor shirt, the Joey shirt, the top five shirt, all that stuff is on Amazon.com. Just type in Joey Casada on Amazon. You'll find a lot of fun stuff. My book and all that other stuff is on there as well. Uh, you could send emails to us at top five with Joey Casada at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of our 1985 album picks. Tell us what you would pick as your favorite records of 1985. Give us some suggestions for topics coming up. 
We're approaching episode 100. We have some ideas for episode 100, but we want to hear some of your ideas. Let us know what you think, what, what the topic should be for our anniversary 100th episode. We also got some more giveaways coming up. We got some more contests coming up where you can join us to be part of our show. Ernie, what do you got to add? I, uh, I just checked the temperature right now. You want to hear what, what it is right now? Give it to me. 7,800 degrees. <laughs> it really was almost that today. I, I checked. It was like, it felt like 105 at one point. It's terrible. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I do like to, to sunbathe like this, but it's, it gives me a nice, nice glow, Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> You'll disappear. <laughs> uh, all right. That is it for today. We will see you next time.